dollars bound in jail Had no money for the go their bail Keep your eyes on the prize Hold on Hold on Hold on Keep your eyes on the prize Hold on Began to shout, doors popped open and all walked out. Keep your eyes on the prize. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Keep your eyes on the prize. Hold on. Well, the only chains we can stand are the chains of hand in hand. Keep your eyes on the prize. Hold on. Freedom power wouldn't take nothing from my journey now. Keeping your eyes on the prize. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Keep your eyes on the prize. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. host of the Building Abundant Success Series. Our Eye on the Prize is on December 1st, 1955. It sparked a Montgomery bus boycott that caught the attention of the world. But before that bus boycott, Browder versus Gale was being decided upon on a U.S. district court.
about the segregated laws. And it was ruled that segregation in the bus system was unconstitutional under the 14th Amendment. Broder versus Gale, the main plaintiffs were Aurelia Broder, Claudette Colvin, Susie McDonald, and Mary Louise Smith. There was another plaintiff, Janetta Reese, who originally was part of the original four, which would be five people in that plaintiff case. But she and her husband, family, decided to bow out due to financial hardship and pressure. There were others before Rosa that refused to relinquish their bus to white passengers. And I thought that we would look at life during those times, not that long ago, well before me, of course, but the unconstitutional under equal protection of the law of the 14th Amendment. My guest is the late Robert James. I met him as a guide in the Dexter King Memorial Baptist Church, where they have a mural and teaching of the times of Martin Luther King and before, and how it sparked the Montgomery Improvement Association. He was a kid at the time, and would later become a part of the Montgomery Improvement Association. I think this is very fitting for it being December 1st, and the celebrations that are going on about Rosa Parks and her stand on that bus, which made history, but also shining history on the other plaintiffs, Aurelia Browder, Claudette Colvin, Susie McDonald, and Mary Louise Smith, as well as Janetta Reese, who were part of the Browder versus Gale decision by the U.S. District Court. The late Robert James and I are coming at you right now. Robert James, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you very much. It's my pleasure being with you today, and thank you for having me. Thank you so much. You're a native uh, from Montgomery, Alabama? Montgomery, born in G's Bend, Alabama, over in Wilcox County on the other side of Selma. Well, that's wonderful. Right, and raised, was... in, raised in Selma and uh, Snow Hill, Alabama, Snow Hill Institute. Wow, so we're going to get a great history <laughs> lesson today. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Um, we're talking today about um, happenings in Alabama that, in regards to MIA, Montgomery Improvement Association. But I wanted, before we get there, to um, find out about what the climate was in Montgomery, Alabama, when you got there. What year did you get to Montgomery, Alabama? Well, I came to Montgomery in 1955. My mother was sick, and my father's mother, uh, Mrs. Lily James, brought us here to Montgomery before it was uh, to take care of it. After my mother got ill and went to the uh, institution, uh, and uh, was no able not long, she she was not able to come back out. Uh, and of course, she stayed in the institution for about 54 years. And my father couldn't raise us by himself. He was working down in the country, and of course the wages were low. So the uncle Edgar James and uh, my grandmother decided to bring us to Montgomery to to help raise, uh, along with two others that uh, her oldest daughter had, had passed, and you father who was teaching that. So it was six of us that my grandmother raised, plus her other family members 
that she's raised down through the years. <laughs> so, yeah, what institution grandma. was she in? Uh, she was in, in, in Mount Vernon down in, in the near Mobile. Okay. Uh huh. And and I uh, so she uh she was never able to recover from the middle Of course, in those days, you know, they had the cruel treatments and uh and thanks to Lurleen Governor Wallace's first wife, she cleaned those institutions up in uh, Mobile in Mount Vernon, Alabama, and Tuscaloosa for the mental ill. And of course, you had some horrible situations there with mean, which electric shocks and all that stuff and segregation and full feeding and full, full, full attention to all the people who were there and of course they, the old way of treating mental illness in those days you know you just didn't give them the treatment so uh, thanks to Governor Wallace's first wife Lurley and she did clean those institutions up What was the climate of um, everyday life in Montgomery once you got to Montgomery, because well, you came from so many various other places, right, and I know that uh, situations for African Americans was was more than a little well, testy. Yes, <laughs> we've always had yeah, we've always had trouble with the bus line here in Montgomery, Alabama. Uh, even some of the teachers at Alabama State, and of course those days, a lot of the teachers didn't have automobiles themselves. Right. Uh, and I grew up near the campus, about two blocks from the campus, and and worked for a lot of the teachers on campus washing. Those who had cars, washing their cars, or doing housework and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But um, Mrs. Rose Robinson, who talked at uh, Alabama State for a long time, uh, was one of the t- teachers that were involved in many uh, activities on campus and would ride the bus. Of course, all the teachers rode the bus who lived four or five blocks away from the school. And uh, she was uh, uh, talked to harshly on the bus several times, and I think even uh, put off the bus once or twice. And then she went back and told her colleagues at the school, at the university, that uh, at that time it was Alabama State Cottage for Negroes. And, uh, and, 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 and of course, they, they, they formed a little coalition between some of the women in the community and down at Dexter Avenue uh, and, and, and started talking about the issues in the city of Montgomery. Because at that time we had federated clubs. And then the incident in, in uh, 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 Montgomery uh, created a climate here uh, uh, that, 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 you know, we just didn't have the trust between the police department and the ordinary citizens here. Uh, even some whites and blacks who, who were being treated, who wrote on the bus, and because most of the blacks, we had to sit on the, uh, after the third seat, go back to the back. If any whites got on, you could sit up there until they got to a certain section of the town. And then, and then, then you had to move, if the bus driver told you to move and get up and get a white person that seat. And many of us got up and moved, uh, in those days, because uh, and then after Rose and some of her colleagues on campus were talking about it, and then they had the sit-ins in Greensboro, uh, North Carolina, the college students there. We did a sit-in here in Montgomery at the county courthouse downtown, of which we're going to acknowledge in a few days when we're going to put those markers down there on the corner of Lawrence and, uh, and, and, and Washington Avenue and, and recognize the, the lawyers, some of the lawyers who were involved in that, and those who are still living, and then uh, it marked that place on the corner right there in that courthouse where all those cases were held. But the t- mm-hmm. time it was tough at that time when Dr. King came in and the, the, the men who, who were involved in Mr. Deacon Lewis and, and who owned the wife owned the funeral home here and several other people got together, some of the preachers got together and decided we need to do something about that. And the issue was brought to the members of the church and of course the church didn't take a position on it at that time because uh, Dexter was considered a, a, a upgrade church in the community, you know, uh, stiff, stiff necks. 
And uh, but then because they had run off, uh, Vernon Johns, you remember, remember the story. But uh, then the students at Alabama State got involved and started walking around on campus and marching on campus, in which I was involved with that. Uh, Bart Lee uh, and several other guys who came to came, came to the campus who who worked with us, uh, who protested and coached, uh, uh, decided that eventually they're going to do something downtown and work with the teachers, uh, Rose Robinson and her group. And they did, and, and they got, went down to the county and got arrested down there. There was about nine of them down there that got arrested at the county courthouse. So I wanted to ask time, about, I wanted to uh, ask, you were saying about all the different arrests. Um, right. See, there's something that our generation is not going to understand uh, about the whole organization of doing this, because the, the boycotts and other things that happen, um, and all the organizing and all the groups was a unity mm-hmm. thing. Right, right. You, you had to. And so you're talking segregated times oh, where yes, people yes. did not have the option. Right, right. Of doing what they do, you know, today. Right. right. And I wanted you to quickly, in the in the break, and the reason I wanted to stop you is because... You know, you know what it's like to have, have you know have people get together in groups and right. do things in a segregated time. Explain to the audience the whole segregated system in Montgomery and how it got so bad. These groups had to get together. What was everyday life outside of people not being able to catch a bus? Because I'm sure there's more to it than just not being able to get to and from work. Well, you, 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 you couldn't walk on the same sidewalk with a white person if you were a man. Uh, and then you, you, at a certain time, they expect you to get out and downtown because they didn't want you down there at night. Uh, and, and, and we, uh, when we start talking about, uh, protests and, and, you know, the protests on campus started with a, with a thing about the spring fever, about the, all oh, these bad food in the dining hall. And then we moved that to a protest of dealing with the, the, the civil problem we had, civil situation we had in Montgomery, which was a, which was a segregation of the bus, and then you you couldn't go to the churches, you couldn't yeah. go to the library. We had no libraries. And another uh, consideration was the swimming pool. I worked for the YMCA. We had no swimming pools in Montgomery for blacks other than the one Alabama State University had, and they would let our black kids use the pool in the summer. The white pools were owned by the city or the YMCA's, and the YMCA were private in those days. Uh, and of course, you, you couldn't go to the YMCA except for the Cleveland Avenue YMCA or the Montgomery Branch YMCA, and you only could play softball uh, on that campus or wherever Alabama State would let you play, or uh, find a field that wasn't developed, that, that wasn't controlled by the city. But that was a strong person in the, in, in YMCA who controlled a lot of recreation along with the city of Montgomery and, and Mrs. Gilmore. Mother, uh, uh, George Gilmore, who's, who's famous cook here in Montgomery, who used to cook for Dr. King, uh, had to sue the city of Montgomery after they found out that, uh, we, 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 uh, her son walked through a park. You couldn't even go through a park, uh, and, and, and visit Oak Park, which was a beautiful park in those days. It had deer, pretty flowers, had ponds and uh, benches and everything, popcorn, they would have little festivals over there. Black kids were not allowed, black families were not allowed. Sunday afternoon park would be full of white families, but no black families. I worked across the street or that. But 
and I could go there and get change from my my, my boss who owned the store, but I could not go there and enjoy the views and and, and, and leisurely walk to the park. Uh, during those days, up until the 60s, uh, when we finally got it integrated, but uh, and then that was, that was after the bus uh, situation was cleared up. But we started on the campus, and then when we tried to walk downtown, after our young men got arrested at the lunch counters here in Montgomery during that time, we had, had nine guys, and then they had uh, uh, the, 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 the police would tell us we couldn't walk on the sidewalk, we had to walk in the street, or either on the sidewalk and not on the grass. And, and when we had to do it two by two, uh, and of course, that's a, you know, everybody didn't want to be paraded like cows. Uh, and some of them get out of line, they, they hit it in the head and throw us in the, in the paddy wagon and take it downtown and keep us on there a couple of days and then charge us five dollars or something like ten dollars, something like that for disturbing the peace and send us back home. So when the king, Dr. King came to town and we nominated him to be president of MIA, Rufus Lewis and Abernathy and those guys, uh, they did hit him, did him the same way. Mm-hmm. And somebody said, we just can't get a young man, a young preacher like that, or one of the top churches in Montgomery, put him in jail. And wow. of course, uh, just, just, you know, they hit him upside the head, and they had all kinds of charges against him for speeding in the 20 miles, 30 miles on, you're doing, well, 20 miles on, doing 25 or 30. And that was one block from his home. And But the idea was that it was truly separated in Montgomery. No church visitations, no school integration. You had to live in black schools. You had the same. You couldn't use the same books. You could You had to go to Needless Bookstore to buy the leftover books from the white schools, who some of the pages were torn out, and you had to pay for those to use them in the black schools. And you had to stay on your black your campus, and you couldn't be walking all over town during the day. And and they had some truth and count laws. And those days were tough. The black. Teenagers just couldn't walk the streets. Of course, many, many kids couldn't have to walk the streets during those days because attending school was mandatory up to a certain age. But the idea is the climate was tough. And then they could take you downtown and, and keep you down there at least 24 hours and they don't have to tell your family nothing. And you would call down there and say, no, we ain't seen him yet. <laughs> and, and of course, they would have those uh, flapjacks in those days and the rubber, uh, 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 what do you call them, the night sixes, the beat you upside the head and you would see no marks when he came out. So what Gilmore was that, and of course there were many other men who had been shot and killed, and one of my band members at Booker Washington who played the drums uh, was electrocuted for, 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 for saying, uh, alleged that he was dating a white girl. He had Jeremiah Reed. Wow. And, uh, and so the girl never testified, testified after the second to a court because she was forced to testify the first time, and she didn't go back the second time. So Jeremiah stayed in the prison a long time. So they finally decided to electrocute him and uh, teach us a lesson about stay away from the white girls. Um, and then there was another black man who had, they made him jump off a bridge, uh, who drove for one of the trucking companies here, one of the big grocery companies here in Montgomery. But he wasn't the same guy who was driving the truck that they thought that was, was, was involved in the incident, uh, talking to a white girl, uh, smiling at the white girl, just like Emmett Till in Mississippi. But then they made him jump off the bridge, and I think I don't think they ever found the body or the guy, truck driver. But the, the, the atmosphere has always been tense here in Montgomery. There were some people who are tolerated, and of course that was a, the, the unwritten law, and you were violating the, 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 the Montgomery City uh, provisions that you couldn't, the, the, the racists couldn't co make it on any kind of situation. Then there were some uh, church organizations who, in the YMCA, 
you mentioned to try to get some of that done, but it didn't work out very well because you had people in there who didn't like that kind of activity going on, especially the swimming and the recreation programs. And said uh, no, no education, no congregation at all. You know. Wow. Yes. Wow. In the organization uh, again, uh, because it took a lot of organizing. You just didn't come out and grab a rabbit out of a hat and say, "Hey, we're going to you know do a uh, you know a citywide boycott of this." That's yeah. why it was very very successful. Well, yeah, you, uh, you had a guy who came along named E. D. Nixon. Mm-hmm. who was uneducated, very tall man, who grew up mm-hmm. uh, between Lowndes County and Montgomery. Mm-hmm. And he had civic interest in, in a lot of stuff going on in town in, in Montgomery. He had a big, heavy voice. And um, he decided that uh, something got to be done about this. So uh, he didn't have a job in Montgomery. Could, couldn't get a job, but, uh, he, you know, a little, little part-time job and stuff like that. So he finally hooked up with the, uh, the, the, the train company and the guys out of New York and, and, and rode the uh, train and got to be a Pullman porter. He learned a lot from those guys on those trains from city to city and saw how they were doing things in New York and Cleveland and places like that and decided, well, maybe we can do the same thing in Montgomery. We'll organize those guys. And those times they had a, a men's progressive league and, of course, you had... Uh, a man named Rupert Lewis who had a nightclub, a systems club, that you had to be a voter, registered voter if you wanted to join that club. Rupert went on campus all the time, and I was part of that project to go down to the city and try to register uh, down with the county registrar's office. And, of course, they, never, they, they, they would take our applications and then dump them in the trash can. And then it was a three-part part to register in a long sheet with eight and a half by 14 size sheet and then sometimes they said you had to count the beans in the jar and then you had to tell how many rubber bands or something like that sitting on the table and all that you know, so then you had to uh, explain the constitution and you still didn't pass the uh, registration test and if you passed the registration you had to pay a poll tax everybody paid a poll tax at that time just to vote be eligible to vote Mm-hmm. So, so I, that was when I, when I got involved. It was 1959 after I got out of high school and got over to Alabama State, and I was involved with Richard Lewis for years because his his, his office was right around the corner where I was, where I grew up in in Montgomery, uh, on Union Street at, at the funeral home. And then he had a buddy named Mr. Ligon who ran a, a, a restaurant on a Grove Street. Uh, that, 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 that caters for people who went in there to eat and Rupert Lewis and Mr. Diggins used to meet every day and read the newspapers of what happens across the country and keep up with what's going on. And of course, they listen to radio programs too. But, uh, the idea is that these, when, when E.D. Dixon came back on those trips and he was telling these men what he saw and what he thought we could do in Montgomery, uh, through the Pullman Porters League and of course, they they got uh, uh, nominated to the high position in in New York uh, as as in the kind of a, a union organizer here down south, which nobody liked down south because they didn't like unions. The white servant you know, union at that time uh, the, the state of Alabama was uh, at will state anyway, and you couldn't talk to nobody about unions. You could get it from a union if the if a company would allow you national company. And if you smile on by the state of Alabama, but in most cases you would not smile on if you want to form a union. But the poor and poor union uh, got uh, Nixon involved with them, and of course Nixon came back here and, and, and kept working at voter registration through the NAACP. He had Mrs. Parks involved, 
uh, and had so many young people involved, and, and, and the women's league or whatever on state uh, who who were involved in, in, in those things, and and trying to help improve the quality of life here in the, in the city of Montgomery, and, and throughout the state of Alabama. Uh, of course, you always had people holding back and criticizing you for stirring up something. And of course, mm-hmm. you had the whites on the other side who told you you better not get involved because you can't, you ain't gonna keep your job if you don't. Uh, so the, those who work for the church ministers uh, were not touched because you couldn't couldn't control them uh, at their churches unless you did some side work for the whites in the community, and then you would do that part time job and a little extra pay you were getting. But they couldn't control your church salary, uh, and you couldn't 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 work for the state of Alabama without, without getting uh, involved with uh, the, the state board of education and and the, uh, the state superintendent uh, or the governor. Mm-hmm. And at that time, they had a governor who who John Patterson, who had so-called cleaned up the the, the crime in East Alabama, uh, who decided to get involved in it, uh, and then he. Uh, but, but but he wanted uh, the, the, the educated people in the black community to stay out of that stuff. And, and George Wallace, old guy, came on the scene. He tried to get, make them stay out, out of uh, uh, involvement and organizing, too, and getting involved. And he asked all the white folks to get rid of that black folks. At that time, the KKK was heavily involved in a lot of stuff around town, plus the white citizen council, even at the city of Montgomery, who were involved in that time to fighting against the bus station, I mean, against the people who were trying to integrate the buses, and one of them stay off the buses unless we uh, we, we follow the rules and regulations and sit in behind that third seat. So that's what kind of, kind of I had some idea what the climate was like. Uh, it was sticky then, very sticky. Wow. Now, Children were involved to a degree in learning about the process. What can you tell us about that? Well, you had the NAACP, like Rosa Park, who worked with the children's group, uh, and you had uh, Doris Crenshaw, who came up through the NAACP, Mrs. Carr, and a lot of other women who had the, the had a lot of um, uh, clubs, social and civic clubs, uh, who worked. You had about thirty clubs who, who were. Uh, Civic work doing in throughout the community, plus some of your churches who work with the young people, and of course uh, the, the the church was the heart of the community, and your school was the heart of the community, and then they would uh, teach black history, and of course a lot of people learned that way. Uh, but 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 the only way children got involved was probably in the college. The only time children got involved is when they had to march from Seven to Montgomery. Um, and then uh, if, if they organized here, cause they, they would pick out a few people and, and, and tell them to keep their families in, uh, out of their movement. Uh, either something going to happen to your house and the KK would visit you, uh, put a sign in the yard, and then they would bomb your house if you if you got too much of involved. Uh, but they had pictures and names, and they knew just about everybody around town. because. And then you had a lot of uh, whites who had stores in all the black communities. And, and and the KKK or the White Citizen Council would visit them and find out who lived in the community who was active at, in, in, in protests and stuff in those communities. And so a lot of people were picked out and targeted uh, for either the KKK action or either the White Citizen Council action. And, and, and of course, then you have independent people who were crazy, too, uh, who, who did some crazy things on their own. And, and then, of course, uh, uh, that was frowned on by, by, by us naturally because we, we just felt like that if they had the stores in the community, 
uh, why would they tell them? We were, in the, we were there live. Why would they go back and tell the guys that we were involved in something? Of course, uh, the Jews, and there were some Jews and white guys. We had stores in all the black communities. Uh, blacks had small stores, and they had plenty of business, but you could only do business with black folks, and the white folks never supported blacks in business here. Nor the election. They would pay, pay blacks to, to get their friends elected and get their vote whenever they did register and, and, and get the few voters that would vote. But they would pay those guys to, to, to get select the, the people to win, and, and most time they would win. But but the children did not play a major role until after Dr. King came to town in 1955 and got to be past that Dexter. And then you had uh, the Seven of Montgomery March, and then you had uh, small groups involved starting on the college campus at ASU, Alabama State College of Negroes in those days. Even it's got to be Alabama State College, Teachers College. Uh, when Dr. H. Carson Trenum was over there, and he was involved in, and of course his health turned bad during the movement, and he eventually passed away. Uh, mm-hmm. And then Dr. Levi Watkins took over at that time. Then the R.S.C. Hatch served interim uh, president of it for a while, but uh, Dr. Levi Watkins took over, and of course a lot of at first they said he was just a lackey for Governor Patterson. Uh, and then Wallace, and we weren't getting that much money from the state legislature then. We had to go big every year, every time the legislature had a meeting of the budget committee, and we never got what we asked for. Uh, but we, we, we made somehow the, the, the presidents of those colleges made it. Uh, Tuskegee had, had some, uh, uh, outside connection with the state board of education and the governor's office and legislature. Uh, they, they had quasi, uh, uh, relationships and uh, and would would get an appointment from the government, but Tuskegee had his own private board with heavy hitters from Ford from Ford, General Motors and everywhere else. But the children started out basically uh, after the Seventh Montgomery March, which I missed most because when I left school in '62, uh, because of my involvement in the, in the uh, movement, and my dean did not let me graduate in 1962, so I left campus and joined the Air Force and came back in 67 to finish, but uh, I made sure that uh, the, the, the president knew about the, the way the dean handled me and not let me graduate in 62. I don't really need six hours to graduate. But uh, wow. but I was, uh, yeah, so, I, so I, I was not able to graduate that year with my class, and I ended up with class of 67. But the idea with the youth movement came out of the NAACP and, and a lot of these small uh, women organizations that were held in the city who met on weekend every month, once a month, and they would taught them civic pride and taught them about a little history. They took took them on tour to some historical sites and to your black institutions, and 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 worked with the young people in the culture and, and got them involved in, in, in cultural activities and music and dance. The YMCA was involved with that privately, of course. You know, nothing was integrated in those days, so everything was segregated. Henry Spears played a great role, and Dr. Trenum, who was president of Alabama State at the time, and of course the whole board. And then Dr. King came to town. He joined our board at Cleveland Avenue YMCA. Uh, we left. Uh, we got started in, in Tulane Coat with our young people in, uh, way back in 1949 uh, and 50. Started on Monroe Street, and then we got the Cleveland, the Cleveland Court. I mean, the Tulane Court kids involved. Victor Tulane, who was one of the top uh, and most uh, cultural base and had a big business here in Montgomery and probably had more money than anybody else in assets here uh, in the city other than the, the guys who owned the funeral homes and the doctors. The doctors couldn't even practice at the white hospitals in those days. So they jumped out the wow. and, yeah, they couldn't practice. And then they expected two doctors 
against the, uh, Dr. Underwood, I believe, and, and Dr. Winston, uh, were the first two black doctors, I believe, and then, and they, they let some more doctors in after that, but, uh, they, they just didn't, uh, they didn't want blacks in, 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 in the hospitals here in Sound. They had St. Jude Hospital, mm-hmm. and it, and St. Jude had one of the best emergency rooms in the city of Montgomery. And, uh, and then after the march from Selma to Montgomery, I'm getting ahead of myself, uh, you know, they camped out on the campus at St. Jude the first night there. I mean, right. we got to Montgomery. And then the, the, the white doctors left, left the city of St. Jude Hospital. The, the white the patients left. Blacks moved in and, and, and tried to run it, but the blacks, the, the, those who, who had insurance policies who could support the hospital program, did, but eventually the, 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 the St. Jude folded because of lack of financial support. Uh, same as Hale, which was over there in the Alabama State, the Hale Hospital. Uh, mm-hmm. That's the only way we got medical help, and, and a lot of that was uh, uh, through people who learned nursing and who work in the community to help folks out. But, 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 wow. but the time was tough, <clears throat> and the young people uh, got what they could through through uh, associated in, in, in areas that uh, dealt with education. If a teacher taught black history in that classroom, like some of our teachers who taught taught us well, that uh, that you are going to get in well unless you work hard you, and you work three times stronger than anybody else, and you want to get out of that community that you're in. Uh, and anyway, at that time, we had a lot of alleys and small homes, and uh, the living condition was tough then too. The water. Uh, and we had outdoor parties, you know, uh, during those days in the 50s and 60s. And I think only after we got uh, uh, got the city, city commission, county, city and county commissions uh, that were integrated, we, we got rid of the outhouses. <laughs> but now Holmes, who, who, who's in the legislation now, could talk a whole lot about that because he went in on that stuff about outhouses and stuff like that. And Fred Gray, who was now chairman of my 60th anniversary celebration, who was a lawyer starting back in the Rosa Parks era, and the arrest of uh, Mary Lou Smith and uh, and Claudette Carvin uh, about the bus situation. And so you're talking about children. Claudette Carvin and Mary Lou Smith (coughs) were arrested. uh, (coughs) They were in high school then. And uh, so so, so when they, uh, Claudette and and, and Mary Lou Smith, uh, got into the bus driver, they were throwing up the bus bus. And then they were going to court, uh, but then... There were some things that came up that they thought would not be so nice once they got in the courtroom that dealt with uh, Claudia and Mary Louise Smith. So they finally got a lady named Miss Amelia Browder. Uh, Browder versus Gale. Gale was a mayor of the city of Montgomery at that time. Because the city was fighting us hard about integrating the buses and uh, they, 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 they would throw stuff at us to throw, throw, put an apple out there and let it shine and, and take it back and and uh, tell us that we couldn't, uh, you know, you can't, can't, we can't support that. And so, um, but but at that time, uh, they decided that that, 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 that they were going to fight us hard. And, and the kids who were arrested at that time were not chosen by the, the lawyers or the organizing committee uh, that, that they organized that day on the December 5th to support the, the, the boycott the buses. Uh, Mrs. Browder, uh, who was an upstanding lady in the community, uh, accepted the, the, the position, and Fred Gray got, got, got her involved. And then Rosa Parks later on uh, came along and started the, 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 the national problem. So Browder versus Gale got it solved here in Montgomery. 
But Paul's situation got it solved nationally in terms of integrating the buses and interstate commerce and all that stuff. All right, good. I got to hit it myself. But, but, uh, <laughs> well, but it gives us a great history. Now, back then, the Benmore Hotel was still around, right? Right, right. Uh-huh. Holt Street Baptist Church and all Holt the Street, other yeah. wonderful places along the Civil Rights uh, Trail. Mm-hmm. We had a um, a whole mess of, of black businesses at that time. We had right. the churches, we had uh, civ- civic organizations and others that helped mm-hmm. to organize this, right, uh, right. this whole thing. And that's something in terms of many black businesses and civic organizations that we just don't have today in 2000, almost 16. Right, right. A different right. landscaping and a different way of, of life and, and being. The Montgomery uh, bus boycott, MIA, and all the people who uh, came to be not only involved in just the bus boycott, but uh, the uh, even the Selma marches and others, it took a lot of organizing. And what that did that people don't really talk about is the economic part uh, because right, it yeah. crippled the bus system oh, no, in not Montgomery. And we don't get that in the schools. We get no. the commemoration of the different people. People know about uh, Rosa Parks and King and, and, and really lately Colvin and others. But they don't teach us the history of what a collective group of people can do to really make that kind of economic difference. Why do you think that is? Well, the, the, the thing is that the, the blacks never had any positions in Montgomery during those days that they could be taught other than being a preacher or a deacon in your church or, or, or get a job at Alabama State uh, in a trustee position uh, or own your own business or go in service or be a teacher uh, or work for the railroad system but, and, and, but, and go into the Army. You had no status other than those uh, positions, uh, and, and, and you worked hard to even get out of Montgomery and go into the Army. Yeah, of course, in those days, you know, they were, they were uh, put, putting you in and selecting you uh, to, to the, you, you were being drafted, and you couldn't volunteer in those days. You could volunteer, but most of the people would draft any young man and get a certain age or got to register, and you could be drafted into the service, uh, but, and you could get, get some positions like that. But other than that, uh, you have to own, own your own business, and of course, you can be respected from the white community because you were a private businessman, and and and, and they thought that uh, you had some control over your community, and which some of us did. There was a guy named P.M. Blair, who had a dry cleaner at that time, who owned a Cadillac, and uh, who was real now. And then you, you had your your men's professional organization, social organization. You had your uh, sleeping car porters that E.D. Nixon had organized. Then you had your church men who organized. You had your fraternities uh, who were very strong in those days. Uh, just like in, 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 in the colleges in the early years of 30s and 40s, in the early 50s, the black uh, men who organized those fraternities on those campuses, like at Indiana and places like that, uh, were powerful because they could come together and do things as, in, in unity. And, and of course, in, in, in numbers, you just got strength. But when you're out there trying to fight by yourself, you, 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 there's no good time most of the time. But but through the, the, the progressive uh, organizations that worked in those days, your Masonic units, your church people, and your, your teachers who worked. And, of course, 
and thank God for guys like Fred Gray and Thomas Reed and Joe Reed or uh, Alvin Holmes and then you got the black bus drivers who worked hard uh, who really never was part of a union but those black drivers uh, got those jobs on those buses driving those buses uh, and, and 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 they helped out a whole lot of the image we had going going into our black community. So if you're going to Oak Park, going to uh, a veterans court, or uh, going out in Mobile Heights and stuff like that, and and, and it was a problem seeing that man with that uniform on driving that bus. Uh, of course, in, in the old days they would take out money, we put it in the machine, and sometimes uh, by the time you, you if the, it was crowded up front, you couldn't go up through the front and go back. You had to, Go back in the back and get go through the back door. Sometimes the bus will pull off and leave you standing on the curb. Uh, that's how tough it was during those, those days. But you you got to give credit to those guys who worked hard in those days and who formed those political groups like like Joe Reed. Of course, you had some guys in North Alabama, Dr. Cashin, uh, who had the National Democrat Party of Alabama, and who worked very hard to get things uh, progressively done in our communities. Uh, and eventually they, they were, uh, proud of what they had done and, and we were proud of what they had done. And of course mm-hmm. we got to a point where you still got a lot more to do, but the children, you went back to the children. I want to, to emphasize that, uh, and, and Fred Gray talked about that the other day to our young people at Edie Nixon School on, on Gould Street, uh, which I, I was involved in that suit when they tried to integrate that school and that park and recreation program. Mrs. George Gilmore sued the city of Montgomery for that, and I told a little history of that to the young people uh, and to the press that day, that, 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 that that's a pretty pretty corner where the school is, East Nixon School is. But uh, the transportation only came to a certain point coming down Cleveland Avenue, and you had to get, a, get up and walk a, a whole block or something like that. And of course, in those days, all that neighborhood was, was all white uh, leading up to Sarah Street. But the thing that the... The young people who, who, who worked hard in those days in their churches and in their schools uh, probably came through your YMCA's or your civic and social clubs who, who volunteered that time to work with other groups in the community who formed coalitions and, and, and get a part of the court, cultural life and do the dance and music and, 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 and join the YMCA's, uh, high-wire clubs and the great-wire clubs and, the, and, and, and everything. We were proud on Thanksgiving Day every year when all those club members would walk down Dex Avenue with those red and whites, with the red sweaters on and the, the, the caps, uh, uh, gray wide and, and junior grad, junior high wide groups, and, and who were uh, talking about Jesus Christ and, uh, and body, mind, and spirit in those days. In John 3:16, uh, we talked to them. But then that, the, out of that group came a lot of your leaders in the community, your, your political leaders, your teachers, your lawyers and doctors. And now uh, I, I'm proud of when I walk through the city hall now I walk through the county commission because all those came out of out of my program through the YMCA along with Henry Spears and some of the people at the university and, and the other civic clubs. So it's, it's, it's a pleasure to see young people, and we've got to get young people more involved now. Uh, what about teaching about the economics? That's where, you know, I just feel it's so so important. Uh, when you have a collective group of people who are saying, hey, we don't like how things are doing in this city. We don't like how you're, you're treating us. We're not mm-hmm. going to patronize not only your bus system, your businesses. We're not going to do that. The lesson in economics was very, very powerful, and I believe it's still missing from being taught in churches and in schools. Right. 
and economics runs the world. No doubt about it. You can cripple a city by collectively getting together and making a change, not just um, commemorations and and nice banquets and, and speeches, but really making a deep difference because it was the economics and it was also, of course, the treatment of African Americans and the injustice. Everything that happened in that whole thing changed the world. You got the world to look at what you were doing. You've been listening to Building Abundance Success with Sabrina Marie, December 1st, 2022.